Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. You work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here are Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Happy Saturday. Today we're talking taxes, we're talking Social Security, and we're talking stock buybacks and what happened with Bed Bath & Beyond. More like a bloodbath. Yeah. <laughs> bloodbath & Beyond. Uh, and what what is the Beyond section anyway? Uh, I was reading an article about it and uh the guy said that he loved the kitchen section that yeah. was his favorite and that was the one that was right in the front of the store that's they usually kinda, where we bought all the junk was right, right there yeah. yeah and they make it kind of a loop where you kind of mm-hmm. have to go throughout the whole store yes. to get back and, and check out but for a store that prominently featured kitchen stuff i wonder why was, they left that in the miscellaneous exactly beyond that was category. the miscellaneous yeah. If the kitchen was named with a B word, I guess they yeah. would have put it in there. True. It has to be alliterative. Bed, bath, and beyond. Beyond being the kitchen. Kitchen. I yes. guess. That's all you bought there. And the hair dryers. That, uh, that would be the bath, uh, I guess. My wife wanted one of those uh, uh, Dyson hair dryers. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah. seen these things? Yep. They're pretty you know, wild. I don't know how the technology works. Have you seen the Dyson fan where it's just Just like, a circle. A circle. Yeah. And how does air that work? Goes flying through it. Yeah. <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> So anyway, that maybe that's a different show, but <laughs> that's a science and technology show. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be coming up next. Jeff Zufall is the senior tax strategist and wealth advisor at Capital Advisor Group. Full disclosure, he is my tax guy. Uh, he is my wealth advisor. And when uh, I come to you, Jeff, we talk about all sorts of things, but it's not just on April 15th. No. And I've been trying to stress that throughout the last couple of weeks to everybody that this is the time of year. Yes, to start putting it together. You've got your paperwork from last year. Yes. You've submitted your taxes. And if you haven't, call Jeff immediately, 636-394-5524. Don't let the IRS have the clock running on your tab, (laughs) you know, because with fees and nonpayment fees and interest – they're getting a, a little aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen state of Missouri is already firing off letters. I'm sure tons of listeners are like, huh, saying, hey, we haven't received your payment yet. So if you made your state payment um, within a week of the deadline, literally you're going to get a letter that says we don't have your pay. Even though the check's there, it's cashed. It's just the two crossed. They're a little uh, aggressive this year, put it that way. Uh, Overly great. Well, yes. you know, uh, I mean, they're doing what they need to do. They but. gave. They just gave us a bunch of tax cuts, so yes. they need so every, every every nickel to pay for nickel. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the idea is, uh, yes, pay your taxes. But now that you've got your paperwork back, I sit down with Jeff. He tells us this is what we did. This is what you did last year. This is what you need to start doing this, this year, year. Yes. To make sure that for the next seven eight months. That it works for you. That you either either don't repeat what you did last year. Yeah. If you owed tax, don't repeat it. There's ways to fix it. Your withholdings it. weren't enough. Yeah. Um, you're not taking advantage of an FSA that you could be using. Exactly. Uh, that's what we're doing, getting uh, some nice kickbacks. Of, yes. Or in the case of the FSA, I try to tell people this all the time as well. It's not a kickback. It's not. An, it's No. It's, it's put there for a reason. It's the government saying you're paying for something that is important to society. Yes. So we're going to let you pay a portion of that. Pre-tax. Pre-tax. Yeah. So other, I mean, I'm going to have to pay for my son's school regardless. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Might as well pay for a hefty portion of it. Pre-tax. Pre-tax. Exactly. So otherwise, you know, on that five grand, I'd be sending 24% of it to the federal government. So and they're saying you keep it yeah. and put it towards your son's school. Exactly. And I'm like, well, great. 
where was this all these years? And they, well, it's been there. It was hiding there, yes. Just nobody said, hey, worry about it. You didn't know about it until you talked to Jeff Zufall. So there are things out there that you need to be implementing into your daily lives. And, you know, I say that you need to do a tax refresh every two yes. weeks when you get paid. But your paycheck. Technically, There's- it's every day. We see, and again, no offense, because nobody ever told them. Nobody told them to worry about it. Um, they they never looked at their paycheck the entire. Well, not, I'll say ten months of the year. Towards the end of the year, all of a sudden they looked at it and said, "Oh, something happened. I didn't. You know, who changed my withholding? Don't know how or why it did it, but they didn't have federal tax withheld for nine months, ten months of the year. Mm-hmm. Kind of an issue. I mean, not an issue. They got to write a check. So." To keep from doing that stuff, the concept is pay yourself first, which means take advantage of any program out there, whether it's an IRA, 401K, FSA, HSA, whatever you have access to, <clears throat> to so that you could actually pay yourself first instead of just giving a check to the IRS or yep. making estimated payments and paying taxes. You'll never see it ever again. No offense to the federal government, but you'll never see it again. <laughs> right. You know, the the $2,000 we saved on my son's school, uh, we could put that towards Dis- Disney. We exactly. We could put that towards, um, you know, a fun pool in the backyard. Anything. Anything. Yeah. And otherwise the government is probably going to buy an $800 toilet seat with yep. it. Or it's heated. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. No, it probably isn't. It's probably, you know, lime green yeah. government yeah. issue. <laughs> and, or, you know... What's the what's the military budget up to these days? Jeez, I mean, eighty billion I mean, trillion. Yeah, something? it was a wild 50% number of, yeah. of the budget. It was know? a wild number. So, so they're going to spend your money. Yes, but in in a case like this, it's like let's let's let Josh keep it. Exactly, I could do a lot more with that than they ever could. Exactly. Exactly. So this is the time of year to really look at what where you're standing. Take a look at your paycheck stub. And I know that I'm I'm at least doing okay as far as withholdings because every time I look at it, I get more angry. <laughs> wow. Like, wait, wait. <laughs> Is there anything else I can do? And and that's when you go to Jeff and he says, exactly. maybe. Yeah. And there's – and it's – again, everybody thinks that there's one thing that you could do to save everything. You know, that, that's your silver bullet. There is no silver bullet. There's multiple items throughout the year that you have to do to basically help reduce your tax. And maybe uh, doing one thing is a little bit over here and doing yeah. another thing is a little bit over here. But exactly. like I said, when when I get a refund and mm-hmm. I find out other – if I didn't do anything, otherwise that $2,000 would have gone to the government. Exactly. And well, now I'm, I'm mad. Yeah. Now I'm extra mad. And it's like, wait, that's my money. Yeah. You know, so. And it's it's written into the tax code. Yes. For us to take it, uh, advantage, advantage of it. Yes. But the only problem is nobody ever told us. Exactly. So – and again – You don't know what you don't know, so you need somebody to help guide you down those paths to say, hey, this would work for you. And and sometimes it's a matter of sitting. Uh, Just all last this last week, um, we had little mini tax appointments where we would sit down with clients, new clients, and say, well, what about this? What about that? We didn't fix the world in the first meeting, but we will in the second and the third meeting. Um, It's just to get a good idea on what's out there, what they have going for this year, and then take it the next step and put something together. And once you have the first, second, third meeting and you start putting this, well, we'll put this in place and then we'll do exactly. that and we'll do this. Yeah. Does it kind of hit autopilot the, the next to, year? To a year degree it does. To a degree it does. Unless you have, like if small business owners, they have changes every year. So that mm-hmm. kind of needs to be addressed on a and regular basis. your kids basis. graduate or something. Yeah. Now you um, can't your kids advantage. drop off. The, you know, depend, your, your company changes your 401k. They switch to a new provider. Um, this is the, something that we've seen pretty predominant in the last two years. Um, your say your company goes from Fidelity to Vanguard. Um, when they do that, go and check your beneficiaries of your new four hundred one k. And what takes place is it transfers over hypothetically, but it doesn't ever register. And don't ask me why, but we've seen that time and time again, um, where people think that hey, I filled the paperwork out. I should be good. Um, and then it turns out where Vanguard, whoever the new 401k provider is, doesn't have the correct beneficiaries put on there. How do you how do you move a 401k when you move jobs? They do it automatically for you. So oh, there's a whole series of events. There's a 
they'll notify you, you know, hey, we're changing plans in, uh, you know, June of this year. Um, and there's certain federal deadlines they have to make when they do that. Um, and then there's a, uh, what they call a blackout period, which means you're basically shut down. You can't buy, you can't sell, you can't do anything, maybe a week, two weeks, and then it flips over. And then they, uh, what do they call it, port your, so they'll pick, like if you have an S&P 500 fund in your current 401k, they'll port it over to the new S&P 4 or the best fund that they can find that would match that. Um, and it just shows up, and then you're off to the races. If you switch jobs. That's different. That's um, different. So a couple of camps of thought on this one. So let's say that you have your 401k sitting out there. Um, the question of the day you have to analyze is when, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff you got to look at. You could take that 401k and move it to your new company. But again, you are subject to whatever funds are within the new 401k. Okay. Um, and then to get access to that at a later date, you'd have to separate service from your new company. Um, the downfall is if you roll it to an IRA, you don't have the, if your, if your plan has the ability to take a loan against it, um, you lose that when you roll it to an IRA. So you cannot take a loan from an IRA at all. And where do we go to get the information on how to do this? Again, this is all stuff that's out there, but nobody really, there's not a 1-800 number that I can call IRS.com. It's that, this is, that would be more to the trustee, whoever the trustee. So you would have like an HR department. They would give you, I'll say, half your information. The trustee, so your vanguards, your fidelities, your team. Whoever's holding it. Whoever holds it, you could call them and walk. But you got to, you've, if you don't know the terminology, it gets really tricky to try and say, hey, this is where I want to go. One of the the big ones that's out there that uh, people say miss all the time, we see it after the fact. They'll take their 401k and move it to their new employer. It's basically, it's called net unrealized appreciation. So, if you've worked for a company for a long time, the old, you know, Anheuser-Busch um, might be a bad. <laughs> right. Uh, InBev, basically. Um, Emerson Electric, um, the old Monsanto, Bear, These companies, and you had company stock within your 401k, you literally can do net unrealized appreciation in it, which means if you t- just roll that thing over to an IRA, <clears throat> whatever your account balance is, you are going to pay ordinary income or whatever you take out in the future. Okay. Through NUA, you can actually take the basis of the stock that you purchased within that 401k, roll it out to a brokerage account, taxable brokerage account. So let's say that your average share price that you've bought over the last 10 years comes out to be $25 a share, but it's worth $50 a share today. You Mm -hmm. roll it out, you pay tax on the 25 that you roll out, ordinary income, and it becomes a capital gain that you get to pick when you do it in the future save a ton of money on it. Interesting. So you can only do it if it's company stock. So you'd have to, you know, work for bear and have bear stock, which they don't do that anymore, but just as an example. Um, but, you know, an old MBEV, um, you know, any of the Fortune 100 companies would allow you to do that. And that's something that you just don't know about you don't know about what you don't know <laughs> you don't know what you don't know and that i mean just yes. talking right now i'm only probably processing about 35 percent of what you just said but what i heard was there's a way to do it to reduce your taxes to reduce your hugely. taxes yes and so what i would say to the listeners and you know uh you've got a book it's called keep what's yours um you kind of read through it it's really easy to read it gives you a lot of good ideas and you dog ear the pages that's it and then you go in and see jeff and you say these are the things i want to talk about Mm -hmm. you hear the ideas of these things and then you look at your own life and you say well i probably fall into that arena then the next step is how do i actually do do this and use it to your advantage and that's where jeff comes in you kind of need somebody to get you across the finish line and that's who you can call, 636-394-5524, capitaladvisorygrp.com. Trying to stress, you've already got your paperwork from this year's taxes. It hasn't, in front of you. Yeah. it hasn't gone in the filing cabinet and been on the bottom Probably of the stack. Probably not yet. You haven't lost it yet. You already have it, so you might as well get it out, take a look at it, and go and see Jeff and say, what can we be doing for the next eight months to make sure that this this 
number uh, that we paid out in taxes is lower, and that refund number is a lot higher. Yes, that's exactly so, what we do. That's that's what they do all day, every day, 636-394-5524. We're going to go to a commercial break, but when we come back, Social Security and in the state of Missouri, a new uh, bill yes. that is sitting on the governor's desk. As far as I know, it hasn't been signed yet, but yes. it seems almost inevitable. It addresses Social Security tax and property tax. If you're over 65, will your property tax be frozen and never go up from here on out. We'll talk about it on the other side of this. Keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall, Capital Advisory, GRP.com, and the number again, 636-394-5524. Keep what's yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the Big 550 KTRS, back to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. Jeff, we talk taxes all the time, and there's a new tax bill in the state of Missouri addressing things like Social Security and property taxes. And as far as I know, it hasn't been signed yet from the governor, um, but it passed with flying colors mm -hmm. through the Senate, through the House. There's no reason to think it won't be signed. Yeah, I would assume that he will sign it. Um, So the cool part of this is in the, the, I'll say the tax law as it sits today, um, if you're over 65, um, you get a circuit breaker or basically you get a, a prorated amount of your real estate tax back. But the two rules basically say that currently say that if you own a home, you have to make total income. This isn't adjusted gross or taxable total income of $30,000 or less. And then you'll get a, a $1,100 credit, hypothetically, depending upon where your, your income is. And it's kind of a most people that are, you know, high 20s income, you know, 28, 29,000 will get $900 back. You know, you don't get the full 1100 and then if you if you rent, so let's say that you live in assisted living, it's not really nursing home or anything like that, but you, you rent. Um, if your income is under $27,000 and the place that you're living in basically abides by it um, where they have, hey, you paid rent of X, your income could go to t- max income could go to 27000 and and the same applies. So that's what's re- referenced as a circuit breaker. Um, just giving you a little bit of a kickback, if you want to call it, on your real estate tax as you go forward. So what this bill is actually doing, well, before I go into this bill, then the other one is what they call public pensions for the state of Missouri. So if you worked for MoDOT, if you worked for Teachers Retirement, um, any of those true, I'll say, public retirement, you got a, you plug it into the state return and it does a calculation and it's prorated in a sense. So you make $30,000 for the, you know, MoDOT pension. You don't pay tax on the full 30. Might be 22-ish, might be, you know, 20-ish, depending upon what your total income is. So what they've done with this bill is they've approved basically the property tax relief for the retirees. That's still back into the bill. Um, but under the new bill, what they're going to do is the first $6,000 of income from a public pension and all Social Security benefits are exempt from income tax. So mm. the key is, and, and the numbers are, remember how I said the 30 and the 27 were kind of the touch points? This is 85000 for single and 100000 for married filing jointly, which means the bulk of anybody is in that range um, is going to get a, a reduction in their state tax. So we've talked several times on this show that when you retire and you start taking money out of your 401k, if it was pre-taxed, um, that's when they start taxing yes. you. Yes, yes. So, and that money counts as income. Income. It's ordinary income, just like you worked for it. And if you haven't planned properly, your Social Security, which is theoretically not supposed to be taxed. So this is the funny part nobody pays attention to. Back in the day, way back in the day, it was sold as, hey, you've already paid tax on this income. You won't pay tax on it again. That was about two, three generations ago when it fired up in the early, I'll say, 1919 or something like that. Um, But that's how it was sold. Today, maximum of 85% of your Social Security could be taxable income. Um, uh, Typically, 50% is that cutoff. So... That's the issue of today is it's, it's that tax time bomb we talked about. 
This will help a little bit from the state side, but not on the federal side. So on the federal side, you still have to worry about it. But the yeah. state for all these years have been have been taxing your Social Security as exactly. well. If Just, you meet that threshold. Exactly. Where you're making too much money too in much retirement. Money. Yeah. And you're, you're successful. They're going to tax your Social Security was the original concept on it. Right. So and again, what takes place is when I say it's a tax time bomb, the issue as you move forward. So let's say you retire at 65. Um, and you take Medicare and you turn on your Social Security at 67, um, depending, again, it depends upon the year you were born because everybody's prorated out over time. Sure. But we'll just say you fire up your Social Security at 67 and it's only taxable at 50% to you. So what that means is if you get $10,000 in Social Security benefits, 5000 is taxable income to you and you pay, say, a, a 10% tax on 5000 That's how that calculation goes down. Everything's hunky-dory fine. You guys are enjoying retirement. And then at 73, your RMD start up. And then all of a sudden, this money is piled in that you don't want. The you required don't <laughs> minimum distribution, whether you need it or, or not, not, the government has said, you've, you've held on to this long enough. Yes. We need, to, you, we need you to take it out, number one, so that we can tax it, number two, two. <laughs> because we need money, yes. $37 trillion in debt. Yes, and number two really is number one <laughs> because they need the money. <laughs> we need the money. Uh, that's short and simple of it. Yes. So, so the concept is then from a 50% taxable Social Security, it jumps to 85 and then all of a sudden people and, – and we see it where they don't tell us, you know, hey, I'm taking my RMDs or we're, we're kind of – we try to be a little proactive on that just because we know it doesn't end well. Um, and then they owe a ton of tax that year because they're like, man, what happened? You know, why what, – what changed? That RMD kicked in. Income skyrocketed. It made 85 percent of your Social Security taxable. And they make you take that money out. Whether you say, well, you know, I've got some other income Doesn't that matter. I'm living off yep. of, you know, the Social Security, actually, the house paid off everything. You know, I'm just buying groceries and yep. gas at this point. Exactly. Uh, I don't need that money, but, uh, you know, it'll be they're making me take it out. It'll be fun. Maybe yeah. I could take the kids to Disney, you know. Uh, and then all of a sudden you realize, well, they made me take it out because they wanted to tax it's me. Tax it. it. That's it. Seriously. So, so one of the tricks around And you that, can't do anything about that. No, you, there's nothing you can do. It's going to come out of your account regardless. It's going to be taxable. So the trick is most people will say, oh, I'll just pay the tax on it, um, You know, make estimated payments or where you make a couple of payments throughout the year to offset, take it from the IRA distribution. It makes no difference. The key to it is it's a qualified uh, uh, charitable distribution or QDC. So what that says is let's say that you're still charitable. You still give money to the church. You give it to different, you know, uh, charities throughout the year. The key is don't take it from your your checkbook because you can't really don't take it from it. your pocket. Don't take it from your bank. Take account. it from your IRA, your RMD distribution. So you would take that, and the trick is no, you do not get a deduction for it, but you don't have to pay tax on the actual money that comes out that you give away. And that's that's one of those things where if you're going to be spending it regardless. Well, that's what if you if you needed to live on, that's totally different. Mm-hmm. We figure out what's the tax angle. If you were going to be donating money to the church yes. or donating money to the Red Cross anyway, anybody, go ahead and anyone, take it from that RMD. Pull it from the RMD that you're required to take out anyway. Yes, and so, it'll mitigate but, your tax. Yeah. So let's say it's twenty thousand dollars that you're forced to take out. Give five thousand away to charity, and it could be any charity you want. The key is you can't take possession of that. Uh, the, the dollars in a sense. So an, uh, the check has to be cut to the charity. Um, they'll send it to you and you could go take it to that charity and hand it to them and say, hey, here's my contribution for the year or church or wherever. But you don't, it counts for your distribution to make sure you satisfy your RMD, but you do not have to pay tax on it. Do you, as a grandparent, can you pay for your grandkids' schooling? Yes. So you could put money into a 529 plan. You're still going to have to pay that federal tax, mm-hmm. so you're not going to get out of that. But you will still get the 5% state credit for up to $16,000 for putting money into a 529 for your grandkids. So you're like, they're making me take the money out. I don't even necessarily need it. Exactly. But you can funnel it into uh, school payments. Yeah. You feed it into a 529 as a grandparent, sit on the sidelines, wait till they're a senior, you know, maybe junior, senior. 
and then step up and go, hey, here's money. Hey, the government <laughs> made me take this money out, so yeah. I just put it in a savings plan for your college. Exactly. So okay. you would park it in the 529, get the 5% state uh, deduction in a sense mm-hmm. on top of some of these other credits that were are coming our way. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that is the name of the game. Yeah, hang on, Joe. I'm going to call sure. my mom and make sure she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> You know what you can do with that money that they make you take out. Um, so that is how it works on the federal side. And if this bill gets signed, which it probably will, I would probably say it will. Um, hasn't yet, but we'll kind of stay, you know, close watching it and see when they finally approve it. So, and then if you're over sixty five, your property taxes, yeah, won't go up. There's, it, it's kind of frozen at whatever you paid at sixty five. Is what you'll pay. That's what they say, but I don't know if I buy that or not. Right. Because literally we had an assessor at our house yesterday um, just doing the neighborhood drive-by. They put the little card on your door, um, and that's scary because the, it's already skyrocketed two years in a row. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what the third year looks like. <laughs> well, I, I mean, is this is, is property values during this COVID time where everything's exploded, is this kind of like a stock that has increased yes. in value? It yes. doesn't do you any good unless you're actually selling. Yeah. And then you get hypothetically this higher price, but they can base all of their uh, revenue that comes in this, to the counties. Hey, great. My neighbor just sold his house for $200,000 more than what he. Well, and then they take that and come back and go, well, hey, the average house yeah, in this neighborhood comps. is now twice yeah. what it was. Great so, for Jim. Yeah. But now terrible. my property values are exactly through Ter- the roof. Terrible for anybody else that's still living in the neighborhood. So, um, and, and again, you can, at the towards the end of the year, they send the notice out maybe September, I think, or October, um, that says, hey, your property tax is going to skyrocket through the roof. Like a fool last year, I did not go and petition it. Uh, probably should. Mm-hmm. I've heard people that, you know, they rounded up the last couple of We have that data on tax returns. We helped round it up for them, giving them their property tax that they paid the last couple of years. And they go petition to St. Louis County. Um, I haven't heard good stuff about city, St. Louis City yet, but county, a couple of them did win their case. Um, but you have to go or you can hire a company and they get – I think 20%, don't yeah. quote me on that one, 20% of whatever they save you if they win. Um, so there'll be uh, probably a lot of people this year that will hire this company to go attack them, basically. Our property <laughs> taxes on our house, is that whatever county that we're in, is that them rubbing their hands together, salivating, going, ooh, yes. this is great. Yes. This is more money. <laughs> but this is, is that well, where they get their money? Not really. If you ever look at the backside of from St. Louis County, I've never I've looked at St. Charles, but I don't remember how land is. But if, take your uh, St. Louis County tax bill, flip it over on the back, and it gives you a breakdown. Um, special school district gets the bulk mm-hmm. of the money, um, you know, like maybe 10% or something like that. And it'll line item everybody that gets a piece of the action, for the fire districts, and then it goes into your standard school district, and so on and so forth, going down. Hmm. So, okay. Um, so, is but that it, how they do, they don't they don't get any of my income taxes? No. but they'll they'll get sales taxes and business taxes the, and all the, that stuff. Yeah, the only place that gets a piece of your income, city of St. Louis, <clears throat> if you live in the city or work in the city, they take the one percent tax. State of Missouri. State of, state of Missouri gets it for anybody that is a resident of state of Missouri and, and then the federal non-resident too, and then yep. the federal. Uh, okay. How are schools paid for? <laughs> Do we have that, time for this? That property tax. <laughs> the property taxes. <laughs> that pays okay. the bulk of, if you look at it, St. Louis County, again, go to the top. Special school district gets the chunk of the, uh, you know, the, the allocation. And your, believe it or not, your school district is probably, from what I saw, was probably third or fourth on the line. Okay. So, But does the state of Missouri kick in? For our schools? Yeah, but then the state also pays. I think it used to be the old school way was the number of children that show up each day. They do a head count. They turn that in, and they get comped basically, you know, per child that's in the school per gotcha. day. Gotcha. So, uh, and then before we go to commercial break, um, when it comes to Social Security, we pay in every paycheck. Let me get my paycheck stub out. We just got paid. Uh, you know, I'll tell you how much I paid in. Where does that go? Theoretically and actually, <laughs> you know, because the idea, well, we'll pull it in a big fund and we'll get a 5% return on everyone's money. And that, that never for, happened. That never <laughs> happened. So 6.2 as, a, as an individual, um, 6.2% of your money goes to Social Security. 
your employer matches that $6.2 dollar for dollar. So 12.4%. Goes to Social Security of whatever you make. Um, and then basically it is up to, I think this year is 107, no, 181,000 is where that caps out. So um, that's the good side. Medicare doesn't cap out. It just goes on and on and on forever. Um, so that money goes into hypothetically Social Security Fund in D.C., um, and it's used to pay out, you know, everybody that's retired today, um, who re- or I shouldn't say that retired and our, you know, benefits, you know, uh, disability, whatever the case may be. Um, and the problem is, is that it was a huge fund back in the day, and they kept reaching in, stealing money to go put a bridge to nowhere, and then they'd stick an IOU in it and say, hey, we'll catch it back on the next bill, and pretty much we're where we're at today. Yeah. So. If you look at a Social Security statement that they don't mail them out anymore uh, to save the money on postage, but you can go to Social Security online and you can actually set up an account and it will show you 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 have your own private account go right into Social Security. I oh, loved right. when they mailed it out. Yeah, no, because it, it would show up and you read it and go, "Hey, great." Or, I was like, "Wow, this, this, is, this is my history. <laughs> this is my work history on that's, paper." That's the other side that you need to pay attention to is the front side shows you, hey, this is what we'll pay you if you retire at 62, 65, 7. It gives you all the crazy numbers. If you become disabled, this is what your spouse and kids gets. The back side when you open it is your, your employment history, what you made. What you're looking for is gaps where maybe a year wasn't reported. By whatever reason, you want to make sure if you worked. I mean, most females would have maybe... Um, a, a year where the you know child was born, they didn't go back to work right away, so they have a year where it's way low. That's that's all part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know you you don't want a zero in a year that you go, hey, I've worked for twenty seven years. Yeah. Where'd that go? And the reason being, there was a incident years ago where uh, won't say who he is or where he was at. Um, had a assistant. He never, as the employer, never paid in a social security ever. She goes to retire, goes to Social Security, and they said, hey, you don't exist. You never paid into the system. Oh, wow. And she's like, hmm, and, you know, did a little research and realized that he did her wrong, was starting to file litigation against her. She got sick and passed away. Mm-hmm. He's the luckiest person on the face of the earth um, because she really didn't have any kids, husband, or anything to go after him, but he never had to pay and would that have been something that she could have caught just by looking at her paycheck stub? Exactly. I mean, not at the end, but if you're 10 years into your career and you opened it up and said, hey, there's absolutely no reportable income to me on this page, you call Social Security, they figure it out and go, wait, and they go after them. Um, you know, so that's what you're looking for are gaps in it. A couple of years where it's zeros, maybe they, you know, somebody misreported very rare, misreported it, underreported it. So. And all that data is being pulled from a 940, which is the year-end payroll report, basically, and it's fed to the Social Security Administration. Mm. So, so these are things that you have to just look just at, look at. It's every a once no in a brainer. while to make sure. And you can eyeball these things a yes. lot of the time. If if your Social Security, um, you know, on your paycheck stub, if it says zero, that's a problem. That's a big problem. <laughs> that's a problem that you can see immediately yeah. uh, if you go out online. And what's the website that we can actually look that up? You can go to Social Security. Uh, I think it's socialsecurity.gov. Yeah. And then you can actually create your own account on the Social Security account or website. And then you could randomly go in and pull a report whenever you want. Yeah. And just um, make sure that there aren't any zeros. Yeah. Zeros know. or maybe it's, you know, it's you, you were cruising along at $75,000 a year of income and it shows ten. Yeah, you know, that's yes, a problem. If, if you were off because you were sick, ill, whatever, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Makes total but sense. You, but if you weren't steady question, working, and all of a sudden there's a weird dip one yep. year, question it. Got to question it. So um, that's kind of how that works. And then we'll let you know as as soon as we find out if the governor does sign this bill. Uh, but it looks like it's pretty much yeah. I think that it's a foregone conclusion. Comes back with some crazy correction or something. Right. So we'll go to commercial break, and when we come back, talk a little bit more here on the Big Five Fifty. Keep what's yours with Jeff Zufall. If you hear things that you say, well, that pertains to me, or um, you know, I'm not really sure what my brother's doing, but he's got something cooking that I want to try to take advantage of as well. You know, uh, ask your friends what they're doing. I had to talk to my friends and say, what are you guys doing? They got kids that are like yeah. actual, 
you know, in school and heading to high school. And I said, what are you guys doing as far as high school goes? Are you saving money? Are you paying tuition? Are you saving for college? And they've given me some ideas that I've brought Mm -hmm. back to Jeff. So ask around and see what people are doing because the IRS and the federal government is not going to tell you that these things exist. They'll only tell you when you did something wrong. (laughs) Yeah. They're not going to tell you all the good things that you can take advantage of. Exactly. Because when you ask them, well, that's not our job. Yeah. (laughs) Whose job is it? Well, it's Jeff Zufall's job to let you know what you can take advantage of tax-wise to keep more money in your pocket, keep more money on your paycheck, and keep more money going to you and not the federal government. 636-394-5524, capitaladvisorygrp.com. And if there isn't anything that you're doing for tax savings, Jeff always says there's probably something you could. Just one or two little things, that's it. There's got to be something out there for you. Let's find it. 636 394 5524. If you say, well, the government can have as much of my money as they want. (laughs) Well, okay, fine. But I don't think that person exists. No, no. 636-394-5524. We'll be back right after this. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the Big 550, back to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert, senior tax strategist. That's Jeff. And wealth advisor, Jeff, again, with Capital Advisory Group. Me, I'm just... I'm just a guy that goes to Jeff and uh, asks him, Jeff, save me some money. Let me keep more in my pocket. And he does it. Uh, It's like magic. (laughs) 636-394-5524. Jeff will say, uh, more math than magic. Yeah, it's more math than magic. Yeah, a lot more math. I wish there was magic in it, but it's pretty boring. (laughs) Wave the wand and all the paper just files itself. And files. (laughs) Goes in the shredder and goes in the file. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Off to the golf course. Yes. Um, So we saw a story in the news, uh, obviously a couple of weeks ago, maybe even over a year. We've heard that Bed Bath and Beyond has been in trouble. Yes, but Strong now one. it's official, filing for bankruptcy, and we know why. Yeah, and it's this thing, the stock buybacks. Yes, has so been their their problem. Yes, there's a few other items, but the one that is going to be the big you, thing. Yeah, that, you can blame Amazon. Yeah. people ordering things. Yeah. Big box stores are probably hurting across sure. the board. Re- retail in general is hurting, um, just because of what you know, kind of this. I'll say a shift as we go forward. But Bed Bath and Beyond used the stock buyback program to basically, and you'll see this, maybe once they dig deeper into the bankruptcy, it'll pop up and these guys will have, there'll be a clawback where they're going to give some of their money back. But a stock buyback really is designed to reduce the number of outstanding shares in the open market and put them as treasury shares, which means the company just sits on them. Um, but what Bed Bath & Beyond did was they went and they borrowed money, like not just like a couple thousand bucks, but a couple hundred million dollars, over a period of time, knowing that they were struggling, and then again, you got to think what lender would then lend them money. But maybe they're you know they're looking at something different yeah. in the books. Bed Bath and Beyond, they're they're a <clears throat> major corporation, yeah. so they were borrowing money to put into the company coffers to then buy back the stock of the I say the the hierarchy of Bed Bath Beyond. So typically, the theory, like I said, is you buy the stock back in the open market, you pull it in, it in. It, reduces the number of outstanding shares, makes that stock a little bit more desirable because the outstanding shares reduce, you know, supply demand kind of a concept. Um, and then the company has those shares sitting on the books. If they ever need cash, they could turn around and sell them back to the open market and the money comes right back into their checkbook, basically. Um, the problem is, is Bed Bath Beyond used this for the senior executives to go buy back all their, their stocks they owned. Um, you know, so you really sit back and you think ethically, you know, I mean, we can sit back and do that, you know, Monday quarterback stuff. Um, But is that ethical um, to knowingly know that the company's in trouble, but yet the financials still look half decent to go borrow money, to put into the coffers, to buy, to to then sell as an executive, to sell your shares back? That's questionable. And we've talked (laughs) about stock buybacks before when we talk about the airlines. They were flush with cash. Yes. And rather than keep it for a rainy day, which is what they needed during COVID, which is why we had to bail them out to the tune of, what, $40 billion? Oh, it's probably higher than that. Probably higher than that. (laughs) 
um, they had a bunch of cash and they were like, let's use it for stock buybacks. Yeah. And yes. what it did is it, it took a bunch of stocks off off the market, mm-hmm. out of the market, uh, rose the stock price. Stock price, hypothetically, as long as it's a decent company, should increase in value by by the volume of trades. And, the, and it's reducing the number of outstanding shares on the company's books. So what the airlines did is they bought a bunch of stock back. And then when it came to COVID and, and nobody could travel for like three or four months, I think it got back to normal fairly within a year. Maybe. Yeah, but I then know. I think they're saying that Lambert now has like uh, pre-COVID numbers coming through there. Yeah, um, I heard so we're back. But to get through that period, they were all out of cash. Yeah. Because they spent it on stock stock buybacks. Stock buybacks. And then if the stock goes down in value, it's like a double whammy because the theory that is – That money exactly, that disappears. It goes poof because that stock is your cash, your collateral, that you would then use at a later date if you ever needed cash. You sell shares in the open market. So the concept is, is by buying it back within a controlled environment, the share price hypothetically comes up. Um, then you could turn around and resell it and make money on that transaction. And a stock is only mm-hmm. worth something to you. Uh, we won't talk about dividends and other things. Yeah. But a stock is only worth something to you when you go to sell it. Exactly. It's it's basically you got to look at it from an, what they reference as an intrinsic value, which means what's the underlying factors that are taking place there that you could actually sell that and still get more than what you paid for. So in Bed Bath and Beyond, and I think they started stock buybacks, and they didn't have cash on hand no, to do the stock. They had the to airlines it. did. <laughs> they borrowed money yes. to do the stock buybacks, yes. and now the creditors are saying you owe us, owe your, us you know, your monthly of, loan payments due. And well, that started their bankruptcy as they defaulted on a loan, and mm-hmm. the loan was used to do stock buybacks. But starting in the mid two thousands, and you know, I think they stepped it in overdrive in like twenty fifteen or so. If I had Bed Bath and Beyond shares, they probably went up for a little bit. But if yeah. I wasn't paying attention, yes, and I went to go, oh, they're doing pretty poorly. Let me go sell them now. They're it's worthless. Too late. I, I mean, mean there's eighteen cents a share. I don't even yeah. know at what point do they say, look, we're we're not even going to let you buy this stuff. It's worthless. Well, they, most most broker dealers will not let you buy it, knowing their situation. They'll actually bar the they'll bar the trade, mm-hmm. um, just because they know that that's a sinking ship. Now there are companies out there that will go scoop up uh, hundred million shares of Bed Bath and Beyond at, at fifteen cents a share, and just sit and see what happens. Um, but typically, the shares are deemed worthless at some point in time, um, and say, "Hey, boom, your money's gone. Have a nice day." So there are people out there, the shareholders, that's everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's Anybody. people on the board yes. who are pulling the levers for these things. Exactly. Do they get to say, we're going to do stock buybacks, and the first stocks we buy back are going to be ours? They they shouldn't by SEC rules. It's it's supposed to be uniform, straight out. They like do. If I own a share of Bed Bath & Beyond – Someone should have mailed me a letter saying, hey, they're doing stock buybacks. Would you like to be part of this? Yes. Hypothetically, you get the, the same treatment that they get, you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and it should be, you know, it's a notice that may come through your brokerage statement. Um, nobody really holds individual stocks, you know, as an individual stock anymore. They'll kick it off to computer share, um, you know, or one of those companies. But really, the they're just a holding company, and that's it. So they'll hold your stock for you. They won't really transact unless you call them. Um, so in some cases, you never see the notice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even though it comes through that statement, people just don't pay attention to it. So um, I might have not even gotten an opportunity. Yeah, to, to jump in there because it might be buried on page 7 of your brokerage statement. Um, or maybe it was a one-line item, you know, on your, your uh, you know, like a TD account or something like that, just a line item could be right underneath the the, the holding for that stock. Um, but it's not like they will single you out, mail you something, and say, "Hey, make sure that you take care of this." Yeah. But the senior executives who all put it in play know the game. They know what's going they on. Know what's and going they, on. They, yeah. they could step up to the line first and yeah. say, "I want to sell half of my shares." Well, it's, pay me. We borrowed a bunch of money. Pay me that in cash yeah. for my shares. Yeah. And now the other half that I still own. Are they do they did it worth double? Well, they hypothetically. So, 
they did it in, I think, three or four different tranches in a sense where they borrowed money. They did a buyback. The bulk of the senior executives sold off. Then, you know, and that's always something that you pay attention. Um, you, you always pay attention to, you know, what are, the, what are the owners, what are the senior executives? Are they buying or selling shares? If they're buying, that means that they're invested in their company mm-hmm. um, and they think it's going to do what it needs to do. If they're selling, that typically is a huge, you know, read deeper or dig deeper and see what in the world's going on. So like with Elon Musk, uh, if he sold a bunch of Tesla shares so he could buy Twitter. That's different. You everybody you know what he's doing and why. Yeah, exactly. But if he just started selling a bunch of Tesla shares you go, and hmm. you didn't know – Yep. Why? Why? And that's the question: is why? Or you may it's see red flag. One executive sell, you know, a hundred million dollars one day, but typically it's because they're buying a piece of property or they have some other. They're they're you know average. Do they to, have to tell the board? Yes. Do they have to tell the SEC? They got to tell the SEC. Yeah. Um, why they decided thirty days prior to their trade? Because you could just sell a bunch of shares because you got a phone call. Yeah. An hour ago. And you're like, oh, <laughs> oh I'm going to get off this sinking ship. Yeah. Now, Congress and Senate can do that all day long and right. nobody ever okay, goes yeah. to jail. Yeah, but, but Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> husband can do yeah. that all day yeah. long. Yeah. But as an individual and or as an executive, if you're going to sell, there's some number. I don't know the exact number, but if you sell a certain percentage or whatever of the uh, uh, of your holding, you notify the SEC 30 days prior to. So they know it's coming. So anybody quizzes them they're like oh hey he said he's buying a new yacht you know yeah. it's 100 grand buying a ranch in montana yeah or like in twitter's case everybody knew that was coming so he yeah. did he had to sell i think he sold it in two giant blocks so yeah is it possible that when the dust settles that the executives and the board members at bed bath and beyond saw the writing on the wall yes borrowed a bunch of money from the banks to pay themselves to salvage their you know i don't know how big their holdings were. Nobody's really released that yet, but mm-hmm. that would be the, that's what they're kind of going to lean on is say, Hey, wait, you guys did this to the, enrich yourselves. You really weren't looking out left for the, the regular shareholders holding the yeah. back. Anybody sitting out there, basically it's, you know, 18 cents or 14, whatever it is today. Which by the way, if you need any bags, they're in yeah. aisle 17. <laughs> <laughs> and you can buy them and they're discounted. <laughs> yeah. 10% off. Everything must go. Well, that's interesting. And it just seems the, the whole stock buyback thing, the more you dig into it, it just seems rife for Yes. In this corruption. case, yeah. I think this case you're going to see here some clawback in a sense. And that, what that means is the federal government's going to come along once they figure it out. Let them go through bankruptcy. They figure everything out, and then they're like, "Hey, wait! This isn't this isn't right. Doesn't doesn't look right. Doesn't smell right." And they make those guys yeah. pay money back to the regular, either the debtors of Bed Bath and Beyond, people they borrowed the money from, or, or the poor to shareholders. The shareholders who are left stocks worth eighteen yep. cents now, and they can't yeah. even sell it. Can't if they sell because nobody wants it. Um, and then. But when in the case of Southwest Airlines, it's like mm-hmm. you had a bunch of cash on hand. You did stock buybacks. <laughs> what you needed to do was update your it, your, your travel system, system, your yeah. computer system. Hey, I because got, I got stuck Colorado. Um, what was that? It was a ten or no, a twelve thirty flight on a Sunday. Um, Lily, while we were sitting at breakfast, I got a text that said your flight's delayed. Um, about twenty minutes later, I got another one said it's delayed even more. Um, and then the third one said your flight's canceled. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Went to the airport, and they're like, and "This was a Sunday." They said, "Yeah, you, we can get you out of here at six thirty Tuesday night." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> uh, I mean, Tuesday night. I was like, "I'd love to stay here, believe me, but I can't." <laughs> but I cannot. Uh, and I think that the the federal government, Department of Transportation, is saying, "If it's your fault, airlines, yes, you, you owe these people flip the bill back." Yeah. Food and lodging. Yeah, we and they, they actually want them to pay. Uh, if your flight's delayed more than three hours, you owe you owe me a hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, they haven't signed off on that yet. No, but. didn't get food or you know a hotel or anything like that. But we got out the next crack of dawn the next morning. But a totally different airline. Yeah, uh, but I did get the flight refunded. Um, so what what could Southwest have done with that money? They could have reinvested in their computer systems. Computer they system, could have given yes. it to their employees yep. in the form of bonuses. They could have bought new airplanes with it, but yes. they'll probably end up, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about one specific airline. I'll talk about industry-wide. They're going to have to buy new airplanes at some point, and they'll exactly. probably have to take out loans for that. They lease them. No, they lease them. Yeah, yeah. of There's course. There used to be a division of AIG. 
that was the biggest that owns airplanes owns airplanes and they lease them out to the uh, different airlines. How about that? Yeah. So okay. they they lease them with a you know four year five year whatever lease, um, just like a car. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I so. mean. It, Wow, that's really interesting to think about uh, how big business actually really, really works. That was the most profitable, well, back in the day, pre-2008, that was the most profitable division of AIG was their airplane, was their airplane, airplane leasing, leasing division. division. Yeah, it was the only one that made money, and then the world came to a screeching halt, and they had to go borrow $85 billion from the federal government to stay on track. Wow. So. So the big business and small business. Jeff specializes in small businesses as yes. well. Do you want a, a kind of an audit? Are you bleeding money and you don't know where? Jeff can take a look at your small business plan and say, hey, you know, I bring this up all the time. You're really good at flower arrangements. Yeah. You opened up a flower shop. Great. But yeah. what's going on in the background is you're yeah. running a business. How much does that flower cost? Yeah. yeah. What can you sell it for? What's your labor cost to get it to? You're sales? great at arrangements, but you're terrible at books. Yes. <laughs> and you're awful at math. We hear so, that a lot from people. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff can help you out with that as well. And as an individual like me, he can help you keep more of what's yours, whether it's in your small business or in your personal bank account. 636-394-5524, capitaladvisorygrp.com. That's Jeff Zufall. The book is free. Go to the website, yes. capitaladvisorygrp.com. Click on the button. You know, send me a book. It says, uh, let me, yeah, send me a book or something like that. Yeah, free book or, <laughs> free or book. book. Just look for book. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be on the way. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to read. And not every page pertains to me. Exactly. But there's a bunch of stuff in here that does. And I'll bookmark it. I'll dog ear it. And I'll bring it into our next meeting and say, Jeff. Keep more of my money. Yes. Keep more of what's mine. Let's do it. 636-394-5524. Get a, a calendar uh, uh, invite on there. Yes. Go to the meeting when the yes. date shows up. Talk to Jeff, and you'll walk out of there saying, well, we could do X, Y, and Z. There's at least yeah. a couple things you probably exactly. could be doing <clears throat> that you currently are not. So capitaladvisorygrp.com, 636-394-5524. The tax paperwork is still on your desk. You haven't even filed it yet, and you haven't lost it yet. So while it's still there and fresh in your mind, revisit it, bring it into Jeff, and say, I want to keep more next year. Yes. What do I need to start doing And we need to start doing that now. (laughs) Got to start it now. You got eight, seven, eight months left in the year to keep more of your money. Let's get it going. 636 Three nine four five five two four. That's the last time I'll say it this week because we're out of time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See you next week, Jeff. See ya. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Supal, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit capitaladvisorygrp.com. <laughs>